Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The only place in town where five days a week you're going to get Vikings talk, NFL talk, football talk. And we're on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, as well as YouTube. We made it real easy for you to find us on all those various platforms at SKOR North. I'm Rami Makloff with Manny Hill back here in snowy Minnesota. Judd Zulgad is in what I'm sure is lovely, Fort Myers, Florida, covering a twin spring training. He'll be coming up on Touch Em All today at 1 o'clock. If you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at Score North. Judd, are you even in a football state of mind sitting down there in Fort Myers? I'm sure looking over a baseball field. I am indeed. You are correct, except for one thing. Rami, I am always in a football state of mind. Okay, good. It never ends. I don't know if I'd be football. In- <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Manny Hill. I don't know if I'd be in a football state of mind if I was down there, but I'm glad we got you along for the ride today, Judd. Lots of uh, Vikings and NFL talk to get to today. I want to start with a question that Manny had. I, I was reading a couple of articles today by Courtney Cronin and our very own Matthew Collar at ESPN.com and ScoreNorth.com, respectively, about... How hard it might be to replace Anthony Barr, but Manny, you brought a, a bigger and I think more important question to the table when it comes to the Vikings, because it's not just Anthony Barr. You asked how many veteran players, period, in general, can this Vikings team afford to lose and still yeah. remain in the category of contenders? Yeah, because, I mean, Rami, you and I last week, we kind of went through all the different guys that the Vikings can release and free up a cap space to go out and spend money on guys. And I have that list right the here. Offensive line and it was Remmers, Rhodes, Sandejo, Rudolph, and Griffin. Yeah, and now some of those guys I think are replaceable, but it's also one of those things, man, you got to think, okay, how many of these guys can they let go and replace and still keep themselves in, in, contending, in contending form? Because this was a team that, as as it is right now, they were eight seven and one. So right. they have to get better. And can you lose enough? Can you afford to lose enough guys and still manage to be better as a football team? Because when when you talk about these guys, Manny, you're you're not just talking about 
I think we were all on the same page when it came to Anthony Barr. That you couldn't sign him to an extension. Right. You couldn't put that franchise tag on him. It was just too expensive. And so we we understand that. But at the same time, you're not just losing the guy out there on the field. And this goes for, I think, a lot of these guys that we're talking about. You're losing that veteran presence. This was Mike Zimmer at the Combine last week, Judd, talking about everything that Anthony Barr does for this defense and for this Vikings football team. You know, I think it's a, it, with him, it's the same with Anthony Barr. We would love to have them have him both back. The question is, is where is the market going to go, and can we afford him? Uh, if we can afford him, we're going to bring him back. And uh, if we can't afford him, then we're going to have to move on, unfortunately. Now that's him talking that he was asked about okay. Sheldon Richardson and Anthony Barr, if they would like to have them both back. And, you know, Sheldon Richardson's another guy. He's another guy on that list that he's not a guy that they would release. He's a free agent, but you got to think about trying so to replace got- him, too. So, guys, of the list that you just went through, tell me if you can keep one. So let's say that you're going to pay one. Which do you keep? Well, I think another guy you need to add to that list is another veteran who looks like he's on his way out, and that's Latavius Murray. So now we're up to Remmers, Rhodes, Sandejo, Rudolph, Griffin, and Murray. And Rhodes is is unlikely to go anywhere, Judd, if we're being realistic. He has a $13.4 million price tag. That just comes from people throwing out there that you could open up a lot of cap room by trading Xavier Rhodes and and utilizing the depth that you have at the cornerback position. But that's not coming from the Vikings at all. That's right. just from folks like us in the media and our reckless speculation. But you're looking at Remmers, Ro, or excuse me, Remmers, Sandejo, Rudolph Griffin, and throw Latavius Murray in there. And you're asking which one of those guys can you afford to keep? So you said Remmers, yes, Sandejo, Rudolph, Tavius Murray, Rudolph, and Griffin, and Griffin, and Sheldon Richardson. I'm sorry, we got to throw now, Sheldon now Richardson because, in there because Richardson's the guy. If he's willing to return at a semi reasonable price, I probably keep uh, Remmers. If I if I can create room there, I can improve at guard. If he's not going to play right tackle, I cut him. Okay, Murray, I can replace. Running backs, I can go find you one. I can fly back home today, go to Egan, make some phone calls, and get you one. <laughs> you have to, I'm not kidding. You have to go to Egan to make the phone calls? You can well, just yeah, sit there in the press box in Fort Myers and make I'm the phone saying, calls. Hypothetically, if I flew back right now <laughs> and I and I went from the airport, the short jaunt to the Vikings TCO Performance Center, and I made some phone calls, I can find you a running back uh, to back up Dalvin Cook. Uh, Sandejo, I think, is gone for sure, right? There's no question he's yes. gone. Um, Rudolph, in my mind, needs to to restructure, and if he doesn't, he's gone. And Griffin needs to restructure, and if he won't, he's gone. Because here's here's what I would throw back at you guys to the question. This is a league. There is no doubt in your mind, or or at least in mine, that you do not continue to pay a guy because you like him or think he was a good guy or think he helped the team at one time. If he can't contribute uh, near a 90% of what he was capable of in his prime, I think he either restructures or is gone. Which is why the, which is why the uh, Waynes and Rhodes conversations are a bit more difficult, because those guys, I think, are still very good. Mm-hmm. But of the list, Rami, that you just went through, every one of those guys, I can replace. Mm-hmm. And I know, I, I know, Judd. On paper, it doesn't it doesn't look like any of those guys are hard to replace. But the the other thing that Mike Zimmer said was he talked about how how much 
Anthony Barr help the other guys on the defense? It wasn't just, you know, the size and the the sideline to sideline speed that he brings to the table. He was a guy who could tell other guys on the defensive line or other linebackers where to line up or what to expect based on a, on a formation. Here's what Mike Zimmer said. He has a really good grasp on what we're doing defensively. He has a good grasp on what the offense is doing. He can communicate to the defensive line and the other linebackers, and I think that helps a lot to be able to do the things we are trying to to do and I think that's that's what you lose not just with Anthony Barr well, but yes, I think true. I think with a guy like uh, Kyle Rudolph I think he's another guy who's been in this league for a long time and sees things in the defense that he can relate to Kirk Cousins or his coaches I think that veteran presence throughout a roster beyond just the talent and the production that they bring on the field but how they affect the guys around them is something that we look past a lot and I think there's something to what Manny is saying here that when you lose these guys and not just their production, but their leadership and and their their knowledge of the game, you're you're losing a lot, and it's not as easy to replace as it might look on paper. I, I think that's true to a certain degree, but I also think it gets to the point where if a guy comes back and, and he's got a contract, and and I agree that players get screwed here. All right, absolutely, it's mm-hmm. the only league where you sign a contract and you don't know how long that team is going to keep you, and it's not guaranteed or at least fully guaranteed. But this is one league where I think you've got to be very careful about of balancing, okay, this guy is a great veteran presence and he brings a lot and maybe he sees some things with are we paying him too much now? Because the advantage that, that you that teams have in this league that they exploit all the time is they can cut guys. And I think in the case of Kyle, if they cut him, we talked about this a couple of days ago on the show, there's there's no uh, no cap hit basically, right? Right, right. So, so in that situation to me, I can get you a tight end who can be pretty good. And, and Kyle is Kyle's a nice player. I don't think he's a great player. I see what you're saying. I don't disagree. But I think you also have to be very careful about keep about keeping too many guys because you think that they are, are guys who are ingrained with the team and can help. I think that's a balancing act. And in, in the case of Barr, you guys, we knew for a fact that Anthony Barr was going to be gone yes. when he didn't get extended last year. The Vikings, right. if the Vikings are going to keep you, they extend you. There are not many guys, I, unless I'm completely swinging and missing with this opinion here, I don't recall too many guys that the Vikings, uh, since the Wilfs bought the team in 2005, have taken into the last year of their contracts and then signed. Ordinarily, they jump the gun and sign guys early. So the preparation for Barr's departure basically should have been made a, a year ago in the summer when he didn't sign here, and we basically all knew, okay, he's going to play that, that contract out, and he's going to be gone. And so, there were rumors sorry, with Barr ahead. last last summer, too, Judd, about them possibly thinking about trading him, too, right? That, those were the rumors that we were hearing. And in, in fact, I guess uh, I guess it's come out in the last couple of weeks now that there was a full expectation that during training camp, during that time that he disappeared from practices that they were close to a trade and it didn't get made. Mm. Really? It was that close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I I guarantee you the Vikings the Vikings knew at some point in, in July or August of this past year that he was gone. There was they are just with players like that, the Vikings are very good about locking you up a year before you're going to hit the market. Or you're or you're usually gone. So Judd, off that list, Remmers, Sandejo, Rudolph, Griffin, uh, Murray, Richardson, and Barr. Who did you say you would bring back? Uh, Richardson intrigues me at the right price. I I would probably pursue him. 
Because Barr, I would keep Barr, but I think Barr's going to cost way too much. Right. I think mm. somebody's going to pay Barr. I think and we I can think, pretty much count Barr yes. as gone. So let's say he's gone. So so if you give me that list now, uh, Sands Barr, I go, I try and keep Sheldon. And that's it. Everybody else you're willing to, you're willing to let go the, with. The rest of that list I can replace. The rest of that list I can. And, and I, I think, Kyle, if I was advising Kyle, I would tell Kyle. Restructure. Restructure your contract, dude. Restructure and stay You here. knew this was coming. You knew, you knew when you got this contract, when you looked at that contract, you should have been fully aware of the fact that they were going to come back to you at some point to restructure that contract. So, so from the, the Rudolph camp, if I was advising him, I would say do it, restructure. And Courtney brought up, brought up this point yesterday that, you know, if, if, if Kyle wants to be let go because he doesn't want to restructure, you know, and I, th- I think Doogie touched on this too, is that he's not going to get the kind of money that, you know, he's not going to get the kind of money that he thinks he's going to get on the open market from no. somebody else. So, no, he's not. He, he's right. better. He's better served just restructuring his con- contract and staying here and being a part of what the Vikings have going. And and I still think the Vikings will probably need to go and get you know another tight end to sort of book in with him too. So, Manny, how many of those guys do you think they can afford to lose? The only guy that Judd would bring back off that list is Sheldon Richardson. So, okay, run, run the yeah, you, You've done it like four times this season. <laughs> run, run, run do it again. Already. Run it, run Rem, it again. Remmers, Sandejo, and Barr, I think we can all agree, are, are probably gone, right? Yep. So now we're down to Kyle Rudolph asking him to renegotiate or being willing to cut him loose. Uh, Griffin, who you could cut loose with almost no cap hit. And then uh, Latavius Murray and Sheldon Richardson are left. Uh, well, Sheldon, I'm, I'm with Judd. Sheldon Richardson is the one that I would want to keep because I think if you let him go, then you're going to have to address that position in the draft. Probably with a, with a higher pick, with one of your higher picks. And when you got other needs, I mean, if you can find a way to get Sheldon Richardson back at the right price, I think that'll be. Well, I think you're going to have to. You're going to have to address. You're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to address linebacker in the draft, aren't you? Yeah. Or do you think the replacements are in-house? Well, I don't know if they're in-house, but I think with linebacker, that's one that you could probably not have to use your first-round pick to replace. No, not a first-round pick. I wouldn't go first-round pick. Um, Courtney and, Cronin. And Sorry, go ahead, Judd. Keep, uh, keep in mind, too, that with the way the Vikings play defense and the way that the league has gone passing-wise, too, that uh, a lot of times you'll be in the nickel package at the very least, and so now you've eliminated one linebacker from the field. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I believe it was um, San Diego did in the playoffs, and this intrigues me, and Zimmer does this, and I think it's going to become, I, I think we're going to see more and more of this in 2019, an additional safety, one linebacker, and the extra safety. Mm. So I think defensive schematics-wise, personnel-wise, I don't know how, how many times that you're going to see three linebackers and a true base defense as we've known it on the field. And so I think when we think of it that way, we think, oh, they're going to be shorthanded at that position. But if you think about the ability to use different personnel packages, linebacker, you could get down to one at times and be just fine. So do you think they should think about adding a safety in free agency then? Now that was football, boys. (laughs) Um, uh, I wouldn't be adverse to exploring it. Eric Weddle's on the market now after yesterday. I think Landon S- Collins is too, isn't Landon he? Collins, yep. <laughs> and, that and might be out of the price range. Harrison Smith can come down too. 
and basically freelance as well. And and so if you added a safety, if you signed a, a free agent safety, and those guys do not break the market, right? So if you signed a free agent safety, so now you've got um, now you've got Smith, you've got the guy that you signed, you've got uh, Harris potentially, you know. But that could be a place. I think you could probably get a safety that you like at, at a decent price. So that might be one way that they try and address this problem because there is, I don't care what the mock drafts say, there is no way that this team is going to take a linebacker first round. No, they they, they just, I mean, because this draft isn't even really deep with linebackers, is it? I mean, is there? Well, is, Phil Phil had the um, mock draft that he did on our show a couple of days ago, right? That he had. Uh, uh, the Michigan linebacker. His Daniel name Jeremiah. is escaping me right yeah. now. Um, Michigan linebacker going to the Vikings. Yeah. First round. Um, uh, Devin Bush, Devin White are two guys who have first round grades. But again, that would be a, a, a relatively high draft pick for those two guys. So, Judd, with the safety, with like adding another safety, do you think it would be like more of like a hybrid safety linebacker type of player? You're seeing like more a, and more of those like around a bigger, the league. Yeah. You know, not, not a gigantic Anthony Barr sized guy, but like, you know, a, I don't know. J. Ron Kerr sized, though. Yeah, yeah. J. Ron Kerr. Yes, I could yeah. see that. Easily see that. Yes. It makes sense, and and defenses defenses to um, to combat what's being done to them now are going to have to get more and more creative They're and faster and more and speedy. They are. Yeah, and and what San Diego did to Baltimore intrigued me a lot because that threw them them off completely. Now, of course, the Chargers came back the week after that and got waxed by the Patriots, so it didn't work across the board. But just the the idea of incorporating different uh, personnel in, into different schemes, and the fact that Zim loves to do that already, I think, and that's the thing that you've got to tell him. You've got to tell him, Mike, you're you're fantastic at setting up defenses. You're fantastic at coaching guys. So so we can't afford to just keep everybody that you like. Right. That, that doesn't mean we're not going to keep good players. You know, Harrison Smith's going nowhere and got signed. But you can't just tell Mike, you know what, Mike, you're right. We'll bolster, bolster, bolster. Um, the, one, the one devil about this entire thing, the biggest thing is, you know, when you sign Kirk Cousins to a three-year contract and the mm-hmm. cap in 2019 is going to be $29 million, yep. something has to give somewhere. And I, I agree with you, Judd, and all of this sounds good on the surface uh, and what you say, and I've been backing you up on what you've said about Mike Zimmer ever since you started saying it, that you're you're a defensive mastermind. You need to essentially make guys better if we let people go. But to lose three guys on one side of the football with the talent level and the experience of Griffin, Richardson, and Barr all in one offseason, I think it's asking a lot of any coach to just scheme your way to scheme your way out of that or to make up for that. I used to I, I worked with uh, Packers running back Gary Ellerson for a long time in Milwaukee, and he had a great saying. And it's uh, it's not the X's and O's; it's the Bros and the Joes. And it's, yeah, that's it, yeah, that's, that's it's, fair. So it's it's easy to say on paper, yeah, let Richardson, Griffin, and Barr go. But when you looked at when you look at the collective of that of three guys with that much experience who meant that much to a defense, and I know two of those guys are coming off down years. It's right. it's hard to replace that, even if you are a very very good defensive mind. And, and in Sheldon's case. That's why if I can go to Sheldon and keep him, I, I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the case of Barr, he's just going to cost too much. You can't keep him. And with Griffin, it feels like as good as Everson has been, you, you feel like you already have a decent replacement in-house already. With do, like- you, do you guys think, and, and this is my Griffin point, So and, and this, is, this falls outside of does he improve the team or not. 
Do you guys think that Griffin has a really good year left? Because I don't personally. I think he might have one more good year left. Okay. But I just don't I don't see what he's being paid or is scheduled to be paid as making sense now. So in Barr's case, you're going to lose him because he, he's going to just simply walk away costing too much. Right. Mm-hmm. In Griffin's case, I don't want to continue to reward him for the guy he was. And I think in some ways you would be. The Richardson one is why I'm wishy-washy on that because that one does intrigue me. And Manny's exactly right. Richardson is a guy that if he walks away, you have to replace. If I cut Griffin, Daniel Hunter can shift from the um, left or the right side. Weatherly can play the left side. The bar thing I just have to make do. That's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it's just the, the way that the cookie crumbles there. So I, I see these three things as different. And the Richardson one is the one that I think I would have a fighting chance to address and to retain. But how much? What? What? What's your limit on the price though with him? Because as well, who as else good, am I cutting though? If I, I mean, if I'm yeah. freeing up enough room here, I, I can get to a point where where I can be comfortable with a a fair deal, which would be a good deal. But you know, a three year contract that's a fair deal could be done if we're making the rest of these cuts. And and I would rather jettison griffin in order to help me keep sheldon mm-hmm. then try and restructure griffin and lose richardson yeah I and you have your choice of the two because griffin is due 10 million dollars but also similar to kyle rudolph would be little to no cap hit if you if you just let him go so that's they have their choice of griffin or richardson or could let both walk but i think we're all on the same page that you can't let both of those guys leave your defensive line right that's that's where we draw the line as as to how many i think that's fair yes. veterans you can let go okay would you I guys think that's very fair would either of you trade try and trade griffin before before releasing him yeah i just don't know that there would be a market i would try but, but i get don't... something for him yeah. i mean even if it's what a fourth or a fifth round pick you'd probably do it right Instead of just I would if I could get a draft pick for him, of course. Yeah, I'm a proponent of getting something Absolutely. rather than nothing. Whenever that's that's an option, rather than just outright releasing. <laughs> right, exactly. It's all right. I, we, yes, well, I I would do do that. I think the concern with with Griffin though is going to be the um, his production and statistics after he came back. Yeah, because they're not there. So if I'm I don't know, take your pick of teams. If if I'm the Steelers, I don't think I'm going to give you a draft pick for, for him. Because I'm pretty convinced, I'm not convinced that he's still the same player, and I'm also pretty convinced that there's no one else who's going to trade for him. If I like him, I can then just pursue him as a free agent. We've once again solved all the Vikings problems here on Purple <laughs> Daily. It's, I don't know how we do all this. It's what we do. Like we do twins. We run the twins. I mean, we <sighs> run the Vikings. I run the Wild, not you guys. You guys don't run. The no, wild. well, we let you have that, John. Yeah. Manny runs the Wolves, and I think yeah. you do too, Rami. I think that's and of fair course to Danny say. Cunningham. And Danny, I consult, but I don't run. There. I don't have time. <laughs> you're, well, I don't, you're, you're, your work is done with the Wolves, right? He's on the Tib, board. Tibbs got fired. And Tibbs two got months fired. Ago. You're right. So you're, you're, you're you know what I got to do now? After Tibbs got fired, Judd felt like you know what? My work is done. My work is done. I, I am officially resigning my position as Wolves consultant, and I am immediately becoming a consultant for the Golfers. And I am banning court storming. Thank That's you. That's my next goal. Thank you very you much. You know what? I thought I wasn't busy today, but now I'm busy. I got a new job. Go for University of Minnesota, Mark Coyle's court storming consultant, Judd Zolgad. No one storms the floor. In fact, you know what? From now on, game ends. We raise netting around the floor. I like it. I'm with you, Judd. Stay on. I'm right there with you.
I agree with you 100%. I got problems in hockey with a shootout after last night. Oh, I'm so busy. I saw your email. I, I, I like the idea that Judd was just a hired hand brought in to get Tom Thibodeau fired. Yeah. <laughs> like that was his yeah. only Manny job. Paid me, Manny paid me well for that assignment. <laughs> some, companies, some companies hire headhunters to go and you know find the next hire. They hired Judd to, to, to do the dirty work of getting Tom Thibodeau fired. I'm the- Corn Ferry's consultant for firing. <laughs> After I recommend someone, I decide, you know what, fire the guy, and then you got to pay me 500000 to tell you to fire him. <laughs> so we're, we've, we've found some common ground and got on the same page about how many free agents the Vikings can let go. Let's see if we can get on the same page about some reckless Viking speculation right after this on Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's Bracket Month on Score North. We'll unveil a new bracket and social media vote every week all month. Follow it and vote. Bracket Month on Score North and scorenorth.com. If it runs, guns, balls, hoops, drives, putts, bunts, dunks, hunts, lobs, saves, tees it up, throws up the rock, or bangs the boards, you'll hear it here. Scorenorth.com. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com, the only place where you're going to get Vikings talk five days a week, 52 weeks a year, not only on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com, but also streaming live on scorenorth.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. I, uh, I had the stream come across my timeline just as we were going to the last commercial break. And uh, Seth, sitting behind our, our camera here, our social media guru, you have permission, sir. Not only do you have permission, I, I am asking you, I am begging you to correct me when my posture sucks. Like a child. You I know want what's you, funny? I want you to chastise me. Like, sit I, up straight, young man. I'm watching you on, in the Zolgad chair, by the yes. way. Yes. I'm watching you mm-hmm. on the live stream. And I was when we came back, I was going to say, Rami, the one problem with my chair, posture's important. <laughs> uh, well, you know... Do me a favor. Just kind of sit up. I'm sorry, Matt Patricia. I'm sorry. I didn't know Patricia was a fan of Purple Daily. (laughs) Now you've ticked him off. He's scouting. He's scouting the Vikings through our show because we're we're solving all the Vikings problems here on Purple Daily. I'm Rami. That's Judd. He's out in Fort Myers for uh, Twin Spring training. He'll be joining us on Touch Em All today at 1 o'clock if you're listening live. Manny Hill. On the other side of the glass, just as we were talking about how to replace all these veterans and especially on the defensive side of the football, as we went to commercial break, Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com, who you hear frequently on this show every Tuesday, along with uh, Matthew Collar, she tweeted this out. If, and this is a big if, Ed Oliver is there at 18, the Vikings have to take him in the scenario that they can't pay Sheldon Richardson. There's his day one replacement. It's not unfathomable unfathomable easy for me to say, to think some of these top D linemen among a loaded class will fall out of the top 10 and get pushed down. Hmm. I know we've we've been saying it's got to be O-line in the first round, Judd and Manny, but if if a guy like an Ed Oliver or a a, a top-notch pass rusher is, is on the board there, that's one of the hardest things and most valuable things uh, for a football team to find. Is that something that you have to consider? I think I, so. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. You definitely do. And and here's the difference, in my opinion, in the last month or so. And and we have to, and I know fans probably don't, don't want to consider this, but we all have to, is right or wrong, the Vikings are going to be convinced internally that the hiring of Kubiak as offensive head coach and him bringing in his own staff of people, 
is going to fix a lot of what ailed that line. They're going to change to a zone blocking scheme. They're going to change things. And they are certainly not going to change all of, of their starters. I think the two guards should and might change. But I also believe that they probably have identified guys on the market and potential, I guess, draft picks, but that can they can use in that scheme. And so give thought to the fact that that much like the Twins think bringing in a new pitching coach, right, who's going to improve velocity of pitchers, can take some guys off the scrap heap and save their careers and make them effective again, right or wrong again, the Vikings are going to think the same thing. So as much as we all want to say offensive line, you, you've got to take it, and if you look at the history of Spielman, he has neglected that position far too often in early rounds but part of the Kubiak hire is predicated on the fact that this guy is going to make the line better because of what he does as a coach. And if there's not an offensive lineman there that's worthy of taking at 18, you don't reach. A, and you don't you don't reach. If there's no. a second round guy sitting there at 18, you don't just take him just because I mean you don't you don't reach for for any position. Now if it's within you know, if it's a first-round guy, if it's a mid-first-round guy and he's there, then okay, yeah, I get it. But you don't just take an offensive lineman because you need offensive linemen. Like it's got to be the right guy, and it's got to be a guy that's that you're not that you're not reaching for. See, my thought process as an armchair GM, which is essentially what we do half the time in our jobs, has always been: if you have a glaring need and there's nobody at the spot that you're picking in. To, to address that glaring need, then trade down, acquire more draft picks and more sure. assets to help make your football team better. And that's fair. And yep. then go get that offensive lineman at that at that pick where you trade down to. But the one exception to that is a few positions where if you can find guys that are game changers, if they're still on the board there, even if it's not a position of need, you go ahead and take them. And those positions are quarterback, left tackle, uh, edge rushers and and lockdown cornerbacks. If 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 one of those yeah. guys is on the board, who's who's special, who's a game changer, even if it's not a position of need, you go ahead and take him. And I think that's that's what Courtney is talking about there. Where even though offensive line is the place where you need the most help, if there is a top notch edge rusher on the board at number eighteen, that's something that NFL teams in today's game just cannot pass up on. And and to Courtney's point, if Ed Oliver is there, and the Vikings can't break the bank to bring back Sheldon Richardson, guess what? The three-technique defensive tackle, that suddenly becomes a need. Right. And if a guy is there at 18, and if it's a game-changer like Ed Oliver could potentially be, you got to think about taking him there. You just do you have guys, to. Do you guys think that, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Andrew Kramer, our former colleague uh, at the station and now of the Star Tribune, he reported that a source had told him that the Vikings were considering moving Riley Reef from left tackle to guard, mm-hmm. which you know seems sort of weird because Reef has not played guard before. I don't know if he would be good good there. He did in college, Remmers, but it was like his freshman year, I think. Remmer certainly was not good in trying to go from tackle to guard, but do you guys think that was because... In their minds, they've identified uh, potentially a left tackle candidate who could fall to them at 18 or that they could go up and get in the draft because they can't, and I could see this, because they can't bring themselves to actually execute the thought through of 
taking a guard in, in the first round? Because, you know, you can find competent guards. It's not impossible. It, mm-hmm. It's great to get a really good one, but you can find guards. I wonder if they talked about that, though, because their feeling is if they are going to either reach a little bit and or say we've got to address offensive line in this draft, that that has to be in their minds a tackle and preferably a guy who could probably play left tackle, which as a rookie would not be simple. But I've, I've just been... Since that report came out, I've been wondering what's why would you consider this move, and that's the only conclusion I can come to. That maybe they, you think maybe they have intel that they do think like a really good left tackle, like a Jonah Williams or somebody like that, will be available. At or that they're planning on, or or that they're toying with, n- not for sure, but that they're toying with the idea that they might try and trade up in the first round mm-hmm. to take a guy who can play tackle. I could see them being very torn on the thought of even if a good guard falls to us in the first round taking him now now if you got the right one I would do it but I've just been been going through what would what would be the reason why that you would discuss taking a guy who in Detroit moved from left to right tackle and actually was preferable on the left side and now you're talking about shifting him to guard why would you do that? I think this goes back to something I've talked about, Judd, which is just finding the best combination of, of five large men who can move other large men to put in front of Kirk Cousins. So I think that they're exploring all possibilities. And let's be real, offensive guards taken in the first round are few and far between. Like you said, those those are guys who you can find usually find in the later rounds. At, at, at the earliest in the second round is where most teams are taking top level guards whereas in the first round you you often do have uh first first round talent at the tackle position so i think they're looking at it and just saying how can we assemble the best group of five guys talent wise up front and then we'll figure out which positions we will put them in if if that means moving a guy from from tackle to guard and drafting a tackle then then maybe that's that's the best way to go because like i said the way that the market plays out in the draft for for tackles versus guards. And guys like Quentin Nelson, who was a sixth overall pick Mm -hmm. and a guard, like that's kind of an anomaly. We don't see that every year where a guy just comes in and he's an elite-level guard and and steps into that position right away for you and is fantastic. He's more the exception to the rule than the the norm. Uh, we got to hit another quick break here. On the other side, we'll get to that reckless speculation. And is it reckless speculation what people are saying about Kyler Murray after the NFL scouting combine? We'll get into all that right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and streaming live across all platforms. My my posture is better if you're watching us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, or the Twitch stream. We'll all be back with perfect posture right after this. Guitar Hero, Selfie Sticks, Fidget Spinners, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Nah, this is something new. Welcome to the all-new Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami along with Manny back here in our TCL broadcast studios in snowy Minneapolis, Minnesota. Judd Zulgad, he is in Fort Myers for Twin Spring training. He'll be part of Touch Em All coming up here at 1 o'clock if you're listening live on 1500 or streaming us at scorenorth.com. If you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255 or tweet us. At Score North, uh, there's been some reckless speculation going on the last few days here on these airwaves, fellas, and uh, I don't know if we should put a stop to it or not. It involves Josh Rosen, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, because... 
despite saying that Josh Rosen is our guy, it appears that Cliff Kingsbury still has interest in Kyler Murray with the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And Peter King speculates that Josh Rosen, Judd, may be available for a third-round pick. And every time we talk about acquiring players, uh, when we have this reckless speculation, if we can have the sound of please. Reckless speculation! My line has always been, Judd, that you, for, the, for the, the purposes of the Kirk Cousins era, you need to do everything you can and invest all assets. That means money, draft picks, whatever free agents you bring in, whatever trades you make, they need to be assets that help you win now because you've pushed all your chips to the center of the table in the Kirk Cousins era. But there are rare exceptions to that, and... If you think that Josh Rosen is a franchise quarterback and you could have him and and groom him while you're playing out the Kirk Cousins era, that changes things, and that's something I might be willing to look at. But yesterday on Mackey and Judd with Rob, you brought up a great point that I didn't have time to respond to, which was the Vikings haven't really been that great at evaluating quarterbacks. So do you want to trust their word or their judgment? In trading for Josh Rosen and giving up a third-round pick who could help you win football games during the Kirk Cousins era? And so the the most important part of that question falls to who would make the decision, and ultimately one would have to think the guy who would have a huge uh, part in the call, right? Gary Kubiak. he's He's a former quarterback. He's coached some good quarterbacks. He is a successful uh, ex-coach coordinator, and he's a guy who, of anybody in that building, if I was going to go to a person, you know, Spielman or Zimmer or just go down the entire list, and I was going to say, okay, quarterback-wise, what do you think we should do? Kubiak's my guy here. And so if Kubiak sits down and watches film of Josh and says, yes, you know what, he's got it. He's got the intangibles. He can do, do this for a third-round pick. I do this in a second, and and Rami, I see this as best of both worlds, which is Cousin is is still your quarterback. Rosen comes in and backs up. He has the luxury of time then, and and don't try and tell me. And I know that we love to to take first-round QBs now and start them, and we talk about, you can't wait. You have to start them. You have to start them, and I say that's BS. So you have the, the potential luxury of time for Rosen to sit back, learn, and certainly compete. And then eventually, after 2020, to be your quarterback. So I think that if if Kubiak tells me that this is a smart move and it's a third-round pick, I'd do it. So Gary Kubiak would be your number one quarterback evaluator in the building if you're the Minnesota Vikings? Manny, I don't even think it's close, right? (laughs) No, it's not. It's not close at all. Oh, I'm, no, I'm no, I'm serious. I mean, this is with with Kubiak. I'm not no, kidding you. Judd's right. With with Gary Kubiak, we're talking about a guy who has had a lot of success as an offensive coordinator and a lot of success as a head coach. He won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Now, granted, it was with it was more so because of their defense in Denver with Wade Phillips and Peyton Manning was a shell of himself. But you know, Gary Kubiak was still overseeing that entire operation. So. I I would trust his opinion in that in that facility over anybody else as far as evaluating quarterbacks. And if he says Rosen's the guy, then I try to make a move mm-hmm. on that. I mean, Rami, yes. Rami, just quickly, yes. Think about this: this staff of people minus Kubiak last year at some point in time watched every snap of Kirk Cousins' career in Washington. 
They did all of their due diligence. They did all of their checking, and somebody said, guaranteed contract, three years. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then we found out that they were maybe a little bit surprised that the curveballs that they threw at Kirk and what they expected from Kirk didn't come true. You're not telling me that that's a group of people who is top-notch at evaluating quarterback play. We have some so great Kubiak. Sorry, Gary go ahead. Kubiak is the X factor. He's he's the new he's the new guy and the logical guy to go to and say, "Tell us what we should do." We have some tweets that are coming in on this. Uh, Seth says some GM is telling Peter King this because that's what that GM wants the price to be. As for the Vikings, come on, man! And then he included a GIF of uh, Gordon Ramsay holding a sandwich on either side of a woman's face and calling her an idiot sandwich. Uh, Sammy says, "Why not?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Have him sit behind Cousins and groom him so that in two years you don't have to rebuild from scratch. And that's essentially the plan you're talking about, Judd, right? Yeah. Best right. of both worlds. Best I mean, of both worlds. And and the worst thing that's going to happen from this, and I love it, mm-hmm. is you're going to infuriate Kirk Cousins. I want to do that. He plays better when he's mad. The This is a guy who clearly needs a chip on his shoulder. And if I bring in a first-round draft pick from 2018 and put him behind Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins knows that he's the replacement, I got a fighting chance that Cousins actually might play pretty well. Here's a tweet from Tino. He says, Sergeant Sloter is the future. Now, I have to ask this. <laughs> is Tino joking or because... <laughs> In every no, in every in most markets, especially in markets where the the starting quarterback isn't the most popular guy, the backup has his rabid fan base. Is it is this real? Are people real about Slaughter? Or this is this is a joke, right? Our guy Randy in Cottage Grove, he loves Kyle Slaughter. That's true. Man. I've heard that loves from Randy. Kyle <laughs> and uh, Boom Bear Bill says speechless, but I guess they need content. Yes, we do, Boom Bear Bill. That's that's what we're here for, providing content for you. So, so with wait, wait though, with two years left on Cousins' contract, mm-hmm. and, and and if my contention is true, which is I think he was here to he was brought in here with the hope that in a very short period of time, getting guaranteed cash, he could win them a a Super Bowl, which might not be true now, but that was the goal last March. It's a ridiculous conversation to talk about his eventual replacement, and if that player is available, going out and obtaining him, and it's quarterback, which is the most important position in sports. How's that ridiculous? And it's not like Kirk Cousins is locked up for six or seven years. No. Like, this is kind of a window for him, and you're trying to see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then you gotta have you gotta have a plan B. He he was brought in to me as the ultimate hired gun. Right. He was not brought in. I don't think you signed him to that contract with that team being where they were uh, coming off the success of 2018. I don't think this was. I don't think they brought him in on a three year contract and said, and when that's done, you get five more years, Kirk. I think they brought him in as a hired gun to win a Super Bowl. I think now, in retrospect, after a year of watching him, they were wrong in their assessment. But I don't believe that there was a plan here of okay, we'll give you three years and then and 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 by the way, too, there is a chance. That Kirk Cousins is going to get done with those three years, and let let's say the next two years go pretty well. They go mm-hmm. to the playoffs. They win a playoff game. Kirk Cousins' agent is, I don't think, is going to go back and say, "Now let's do a five year deal with a lot of non guaranteed cash, folks." <laughs> they just think, just think about before you before you call something ridiculous. Think about it logically and how sports teams work, because. Kirk Cousins' people are not going to come back in a couple years, and if they've had any success at all, gladly take a five-year not you know contract that has 
I don't know, a signing bonus and a ton of cash that's not guaranteed. They just got done with a guaranteed contract, unheard of in the National Football League until March of 2018. And the other part of this, too, Judd, is you have to, even if you are in win-now mode, you still have to have a forward-thinking approach with things. Mm-hmm. Like you also, You also still have to have sort of a, a plan in place or at least be working towards a, a plan in place in case the current plan, the win-now plan that you have in place right now falls through or doesn't work out. Like you've got to be able to have the mindset of, okay, if this doesn't work out, now, look, now Spielman and Zimmer, if this doesn't work out, if the Vikings fall flat on their faces in 2019, both of them are probably going to be out of jobs. So you have that too, but still, like, as a as a front office and as a coaching staff, you still have to be forward thinking. You still have to think, okay, well, if something goes wrong, what's our plan B? And I don't think considering or thinking about trying to get a young quarterback who might only be able to you might only have to give up a third round pick for, there's nothing wrong with that. A guy who people saw enough from that a year ago he was a first round pick. Yeah. Yes. So there's there's there is something there, but for Josh Rosen to be on the market, the Cardinals would probably have to take Kyler Murray. And if you believe what Charlie Casserly says, some in NFL circles think that would not be a great idea. This is what Casserly said yesterday on NFL Network. He, Kyler Murray, better hope Kingsbury takes him number one because this was not good, referring to his performance at the NFL Scouting Combine. These were the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Leadership, not good. Study habits, not good. The board work, below not good. Not good at all in any of those areas, raising major concerns about what this guy is going to do. Now, people will say, we're going to compare him to Mahomes. We're going to run an offense like Mahomes. We're going to run an offense like Baker Mayfield. But those guys are much different. Those guys, you never question them about their ability on the board. You never question their leadership ability, their work habits. They were outstanding in those areas. This guy is not outstanding in those areas, and it showed up in the interviews. Um, I never know how much to believe when we hear stuff like this coming out ahead of the ahead of the draft and after the combine, Judd, because I don't know if this is subterfuge from a team that's hoping that Kyler Murray falls down the board to them wherever they may be picking, so they throw out these negative reviews hoping that other teams eat it up and, 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 and believe every word that they read or hear about this guy. And this time of year, I believe nothing. Right. And Charlie Casserly, that's a plant, right? Because Charlie Casserly is just, I mean, he's a former GM. But he's not the only one. After he he, said this, I saw a lot of people on on social media putting out there that they've heard similar things or had similar experiences in their interactions with Kyler Murray. I've got a question for both you guys, because something you read just uh, piqued my curiosity. All right. Didn't we have, weren't there concerns about Baker Mayfield last year? Yes. About maturity? Yes. Mm-hmm. About who he was? About the fact that, that he had, what, grabbed his crotch at some point in some game against a team in Kansas or, or something? I get, my point being is, is what you just read to me is faulty because I remember reading about concerns about Baker Mayfield's maturity and issues there, and... This time of year, though, you can spin, and Kyler Murray might not be mature. I have no clue. Last year, what did we hear? And he probably fell because of it. Josh Rosen was too headstrong. Right. He's too smart. That, too smart. Teams didn't like yeah. that. So, 
so yeah, Kyler Murray might not be super mature. I I don't know, but but I I do know that this is the time of year. This is a league filled with people, and I say this in the nicest way possible. Okay, this, this is not an indictment of National Football League executives and coaches as, as human beings, but they lie for a living. It's their job. It's subterfuge and lying is their job. So, and this time of year. They they practice that lying throughout the year to perfect it for this time of year. So I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. Yeah, you just don't know what to believe. And, I mean, for for him to say it's the worst that he's ever heard, I mean, Charlie Casserly has been around this game for a long time, Judd. If it is legitimately, if, if these things are to be believed, that it's the worst that Char- Charlie Casserly was... Like scouting brontosauruses. That's how long this guy has been around the NFL. And he didn't like And getting them. these types of reports. No, they were uh, their head, their arms were too short. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if it, if it is legitimately the worst report he's ever gotten on a quarterback, that speaks volumes and not in a great way about Kyler Murray. But again, who knows what to believe? You can believe everything you hear on Purple Daily weekdays at noon and streaming live across all our social media platforms. That's Manny. That's Judd. I'm Rami. We've been on Score North. We'll talk to you next time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.